The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, everyone? Happy Tuesday. Today is Tuesday. February 28th, and earlier today, head coach Nick Sariani and general manager Howie Roseman spoke with the media at the 2023 NFL Combine and are at the podium with the presser that's locked, loaded, and ready for you. I am your host, Rachel Prevet, and this podcast is brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. Before the break, you will hear from head coach Nick Sirianni, who discussed what stands out about the Eagles' new defensive coordinator, Sean Desai. He was asked how much input he has on which free agents stay and go. He shared some advice for Shane Steiking, going from coordinator to head coach, and he stressed the emphasis to maintain stability for Jalen Hurts by promoting quarterback coach Brian Johnson to offensive coordinator. And after the break, Howie Roseman was asked where things stand with Jalen Hurts in his contract. He explained how the offense can continue to be dominant under new offensive coordinator Brian Johnson. And he talked about preparing to get back to the big stage in this time to win it all. Take a listen. Yeah, I think his just his overall knowledge of, of football, um, you know, his football IQ is, is extremely high, uh, great detail. Um, you know, just a really sharp, really sharp uh, coach. And, um, you know, I'm excited that he's on our staff. Brian Johnson, you guys also made an official. Now you have Brian Johnson. What made you feel comfortable to elevate him from quarterback's coach to Shoot. You know, with Brian, I'm, I'm in there with him every single day and, you know, with, you know, seeing him work every single day. Right. Um, seeing him with the quarterback, uh, with the quarterbacks, seeing him in game planning meetings, seeing him on the practice field. Like and so, you know, I, I thought that was the natural progression for us to, to go that route. And, uh, you know, his relationship with Jalen and just Brian's a sharp, sharp uh, dude. He he. He is really uh, just, I, I lean on him for so many different things. And now he's, now he's in charge of running the offense. Except the scheme that Sean brings to Yeah. You know, without, you know, one thing that we definitely have now is what we had our first year going into it. Um, you know, you, we have a, a little bit of unknown. Now, they, whoever we play first game can go and watch some of Sean's stuff. How's it going? Yeah. We can go, we can go watch some of Sean's stuff and, uh, and from from Chicago or even some of the things from uh, Seattle. But one thing that we have is 
uh, some uncertainty again going into that first game. So where you hide some things in preseason uh, football, and then and so not not give everything away, but you know what I did like is some you know some of the similarities to the things that we do uh, that we've already been doing here on a very successful defense. Um, and so, um, you know, with, with different coverages, different, uh, run blitzes, di- you know, things like that. Sure. Yeah. You know, um, again, my job was to go through the process and, and, and just like we do with everything, cast a wide net and, and get to know different people and get, get to talk to different people and get to, uh, you know, see, you know, who's ready for the job. And, you know, uh, I think we interviewed a, a really good group of guys and uh, was really impressed by all of them, actually. Um, you know, and just at the end of the day, you know, obviously, you know, some experience that that he that, that Sean's had calling it. But also, you know, just well, I got to do what's best, what I feel is best for the team. And uh, and I felt like Sean was the best guy for the job. What do you know about Brian from a play calling perspective? Um, you know, obviously this, you, and you go through it, he, he taking us through and getting us to, you know, our first 15 that he helps with the third down order that, that he helped, helped with the red zone order. They help with the two minute calls that, that he helped with. You do all that work and, and, th- and you adjust during the game, obviously, but you do all that work Monday through, uh, Saturday to get yourself ready for the game, put yourself in every position you possibly can get, you know, two minute, um, scenarios, right. You, you put yourself in as many positions as you possibly can. So you don't flinch when, when it comes, you're practicing just like you practice, right. You practice, um, to make sure that you're ready to roll in the game. It's the same thing with calling plays. And so, you know, he's been in that process and, you know, Brian's had some experience calling it at the college level as well. Um, but, you know, as you, as you talk on the headset, Hey, they're doing this. We should look to do that. I mean, Brian's Brian was, was doing that uh, all the time last year. Right. Just, you know, when we're, we're, we're talking on the, on the headset, trying to figure out the next series of plays and how we need to adjust, you know? So, um, you know, again, he's, he's done, he's done, he's done some of it uh, in the past as a, as a coordinator in college. And then just the amount of things that we do together as an offensive staff and all the things that Brian was involved in every one of those meetings to, to, to put it together. And that's where a, a big chunk of it go, uh, of how you call the game goes. Nick, with all the free agents you have, how much input do you have? Obviously I'm working with, with Howie and the money people on who can stay and go and, and how much is that weight held? Yeah. You know, um, we, we talk about everything, right? We talk about everything, the draft, uh, you know, uh, um, every, the draft, the free agents, um, our team. I mean, we're in constant communication. The best, the best organizations are in constant communication with the head coach and the, and the GM. And again, at the end of the day, just like I just talked about with the coaches at the end of the day, I had to make the best decision I felt was for the team at the end of the day, how he's got to make the best decision that he feels like is best for the team. But that doesn't mean you're not in a constant communication, um, a talking through everything. And so, um, you know, and that's just what we do. I mean, I'm in his office, I, I, uh, pretty much all day at this time, at this time of the year, watching players with him, talking about players with him, talking about our team, um, you know, whatever it is. And, and we spent a lot of time together at this time. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we had, uh, we had an external, uh, coach in, uh, uh, Nate, um, I don't want to want to mispronounce his last name from Iowa state offensive coordinator, Iowa state, really sharp young coach uh man you, you guys know my connection to um to Iowa State um and and Matt Campbell and, and him um 
And I, you know, we, we were, we were really impressed with him and his interview and uh, you know, and he, he's a, he's a great, a great football coach. Um, just got to know him through this process. Again, I don't, I don't look at it like here's who I know and here's what I'm going to, here's what I'm going to do. Right. I didn't know Brian, Brian Johnson before we hired him. Right. I didn't know Jamal Singleton before we hired him. Um, there's a lot of guys I didn't know before. I didn't know Nick Rollis before we hired him. I didn't know, uh, um, Jeremiah Washburn before I hired him. Like there's a lot of that that happens. I'm all I'm looking for is the, the best guys for the job again. And you got to, you got to balance different things. You, you, you know, every coach can't be the same, right? I think is there's a tendency to say, I'm going to get this coach. Uh, he's like me a little bit. Right. And, and you don't want the bunch of the same guys running around. So you, but every coach needs to be very detailed um, in what they do. And and so that's always the common denominator that I'm looking for. Um, but, and, and, but we're not afraid to, to cast a wide net to go, you know, I, I know how many good coaches are in college. I, I can't, you know, I think, if you ask some of the Philly uh, media, they'll tell you that I talk about Frank Reich. I talk about Larry Karras, my college coach. And I co talk about my, one of my high school coaches, my dad and right. And, and that's where I learned all, all my stuff from. So I know how many good coaches are out there at, at the college level. And so whether we know them, whether we don't know them, whether we know them through somebody or we're going to cast a wide net to try to do what's best for the Philadelphia Eagles. Alex, Alex, be your quarterback's coach. And can you talk about Alex? Sorry, I don't want to get somebody else. Yeah, well, uh, you know, we'll obviously go through um, that with, you know, as we as we continue on and, and you know, um, does does the staff dynamic fit? Does, uh, you know, does does Sean have anybody? But Denard's a great, a great football coach. Um, you know, he's he's done an outstanding job. Um, and, you know, um, if, if he's still our defensive backs coach, we will be lucky to have him because we know how good of a, a, a coach he is. But, you know, we're not we're not to that process yet. I mean, we just kind of finalized that that Sean will be our defensive coordinator. So we're not there yet, but I, I think the world of Denard and how good of a football coach he is. What are some, what are some, of, the, what are some of the traits and characteristics of Shane Steichen that you think set him up to be a head coach? And what advice do you have for him making the kind of similar transition from coordinator to head coach? Yeah, all my advice, like, I, I mean, everything that I, I, I've had so many conversations with Shane, you know, Frank, what Frank Wright did for me was, was pull me aside, you know, what felt like once or twice a week and said, hey, when you're a head coach, um, be ready for this or be ready for that. And I was very appreciative of that uh, to a point where I, you know, tried to do the same thing with Shane and, and, and Jonathan and, and Brian and, and just all the guys that, that we have on, on our staff. And, um, and so, you know, obviously I've shared the information that I have. I didn't keep any secrets from Shane. I wanted him to be the best possible offensive coordinator he could possibly be. And obviously he, he crushed it, which turned into uh, him getting the head job for the Colts. And, and I love him. And he's, he's awesome. Good friend of mine. And, uh, you know, obviously a very good coach. And um, so, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't keep anything from him. I, I gave him everything I had as far as, uh, um, the things that I, I knew would help him with the job that he's had. And it, like I said, it wasn't like, Hey, right before he got it or right after, you know, Chris uh, Ballard said that Shane was the head coach. I started write, writing a bunch of things down to give him, you know, we've had so many conversations there. Um, but what was the second part of your question? Just what sets him up to be a head coach? Yeah, I think, I think first of all, he, he's, you get the job because you excel at, um, you know, what he was doing. Right. So he's a, he's awesome offensive mind. And, uh, you know, so he, and he excelled at that. Our offense played really well 
uh, with Shane, with Shane leading it. And, uh, you know, he did, he just was awesome, uh, you know, calling the game. I think he's really special at, at calling the game. Um, you know, and that's why I gave up play calling duties. You know, one was to make sure I was managing the game, um, as a head coach, but also because of how much trust I had with Shane, um, just relationships with players, accountability, you know, Shane, Shane just, he's a, he's a 10 in a lot of, a lot of areas. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, Andy got a special coach. Nice hat. Yeah. I'm sorry. Say that one more time. Jamestown Rules. Oh, you're talking about Jamestown. Yeah, okay. Jamestown yeah. You, you know, again, my biggest mentor as a coach is my dad. And then I also have my brother who, who gives me a lot of, you know, th those are my mentors too. And so, you know, they're still in the area. My dad's still coaching pole vault, pole vaulters for Southwestern high school for my brother, who's still the track coach. I know my brother's not the football coach anymore. Um, but I still am able to, to bounce things off of them. And I know, uh, you know, and so I'm still, you know, my, one of my really good friends is the head football coach at Jamestown High School. Um, you know, he actually was at the Super Bowl, I had him at the Super Bowl just because we had dreamed about playing and coaching in the Super Bowl for as long as I can remember. So I still have a bunch of conversations with, you know, um, with those guys about football and, and you're constantly trying to grow and in everything you do. I don't you know, you know, I, I'm sharing information with, you know, Tommy Langworthy, who's the Jamestown head coach, and he's sharing information back. I'll, I'll take good information from anywhere. And, uh, you know, and then I pull for I, I like to I like to read the the newspaper back, back home and, and, uh, you know, article Scott Kingberg writes, he, he, that he writes back home and about the local athletes there. And I know they got a, um, Jamestown high school's got a, a, a player going to, um, North Dakota state as a quarterback. And so, um, I like to follow the, the sports. And so I got, I just got a lot of connections and I owe a lot of things to, to Western New York. Brian Johnson, to offensive coordinator. Was there an emphasis on maintaining stability for Jalen Hurts? Yeah, I mean, the, what you're going to see with our offense is you're not going to see a, a lot of a lot of change. We're going to because you know myself, Shane, right? I mean, Brian, like we we do it all together, right? And and obviously Shane will be gone. There'll be little differences and little different ways that the game's called, but the you know the way the offense is run with with everything is going to be exactly the same. The way our guys run routes are going to be the same. The way we brought block inside zone is going to be the same, you know, for, for different looks that we get the way we do our snap count. Like you're not starting, you're really not, you're just continuing to build, right? There is no Shane leaves. You do this. And then you do this again. You just keep doing this because at the end of the day, like I'm, I was hired as an offensive coach to bring the offense that I have run in and, and that, you know, and, and my expertise in that. So I'll continue to do that. Um, it's just going to be a different guy calling the plays, but you know, it's still, you know, it's still business as usual. And we'll miss Shane. Um, Shane's an awesome coach as, as we just talked about. Um, but I know how, how many good people we have in that building, you know, Jeff Stoutland, Kevin Petullo, right. Jamal Singleton, J Jason, Michael, uh, Aaron Moorhead, Alex Tanny, right. TJ Pagnetti, Roy. Um, we, we have so many, see, and I said Roy, because I don't know how to pronounce his last name either. I've worked with him for two years. So, um, but like, um, we just have so many, so many good, good people there. Eric Dickerson, I don't want to forget anybody, but working with that offense that are still in place, that was what, that was important to keep good people there. Cause there's no doubt Shane wanted to take some guys there, but you know, they're Philadelphia Eagles and they're Philadelphia Eagle coaches. And my job is to keep good coaches in the building um, because, you know, that's who touches the players every single day and help them get better. And, 
you know, when you have good guys, you know, you don't want to, you don't, when you have to start over, you start over. But when you have guys, good guys there, you want to, you want to keep going and keep working and to keep things uh, similar. How do you kind of view a guy like Javon Hargrave, who's a versatile D lineman that can rush from various alignments and how valuable that is? And then how do you deal with kind of the uncertainty of a guy like that as he goes to test the market? Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, he's awesome. Uh, you know, and he's been a big part of this team for, for the past three years. I've only been here for two, but man, he, he is a, a big time player. And, and obviously you want all your guys back, right? You want, you want all your guys back because you just went through a super special journey together, right? The journey is what you'll always remember. Right. You know, and I know that loss will stick with us, but there was a lot of good, moments in that in that journey and, and, and Javon and, you know, just being around him every day at practice, it, it was, it, he's just an awesome guy to be around in that. And so he's a great teammate and he's quiet and he's a, but he's a quiet leader, but he's a great teammate. He's a great person. He's a great player. And so you want to try to get as many guys back as you, as you can. And, but knowing that that's not always possible again, how he's got to do what he feels is best for the team. I have my input. Um, just like we talked about and, uh, you know, and, and we'll see what happens. But, um, you know, I love Javon Hargrave. Last question, please. Last question. Do you get production? Do you think that's why you Yeah, I think when you look at that, like, when you look at that, it's easy to say, well, Quez Watkins didn't have the same year he had last year. Well, he didn't have the opportunities he had last year. And, and, it, and it actually wasn't even close, right? And so – Right. When you ran the ball the way we did this year, when you threw it, like, I think if Dallas Goddard doesn't get hurt uh, and miss those four games, he probably has a thousand yards. So you have 3,000 yards receivers potentially. You have one that had 1,500 yards, one that had 1,300 did Devonta have close, 1,300 yards. Like somebody's production is going to slip a little bit. So it's not. And again, like the things that that Quez does is is stretches the field. The things that Zach Pascal did was our enforcer, right? Like, go back and look at the tape. How many times he was he was in on a big block um, that sprung a big run, um, or you know, even the play that that he made against Pittsburgh for a touchdown. Like, why did that play come up, and why did he was he able to score on that play? And I'm talking about Zach. Well, it was because he had made that block so many times that they all jumped in. He he ran by him, right? And so. Um, the production, I'm just worried that what, all I, all I want them to do is produce in the roles that we're asking them to, when there's a play to be made, make the play that you need to be made. But I also, we understand too, that they didn't have a lot of opportunities and I'm talking about Zach and I'm talking about Quez. They didn't have a lot of opportunities because like I've said to you guys, like our past game ran through AJ, it ran through Devante and it ran through Dallas Goddard. And so, you know, we were, we were looking to, to get them the ball. And sometimes, you know, um, I know Doc Rivers used to say this a lot, like, Hey, some guys are just going to have to get rebounds and get their and get their rebounds. And then be, if you got a chance to put it in, you got to, you got to take advantage of that opportunity to put that thing in, but we're going to design plays to run through boom, boom, boom. Right. And, um, and, 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 and that's what we're talking about with roles. Um, and so it, I think it's easy to look at the stats and say, Hey, this was, he was, his numbers were way lower. They were, but he didn't have as many opportunities because of the other guys that we had on the team and how much faith we had in him. But we do have faith in, in Zach and we do have faith in Quez that they, they'll make plays, um, you know, when their number's called, it's just, that it's called a little less. Last one, last one. I'll get you. Um, Sorry, I do it to Bob all the time. I said Bob says last one, and then I look like the good guy when I said, "No, I'll get you too." Alex, Danny, uh, yeah, really sharp. Um, what was really interesting of when we brought Alex in, 
almost everybody on our staff had coached him, right? So I was with him in Kansas City in 2012. Shane was with him in, in Cleveland in 2013. Jason and Kevin were with him in 2014 with uh, Tennessee, right? And so, shoot, maybe he threw passes to Aaron. I don't know. I Like, he's just been everywhere. And so, like, but what struck us was that, you know, how good, how smart he was and how hard he worked to stay on the team as, as a number three and number two, two quarterback. And so even when we were in, in, in Kansas city, I still remember that Brian Dable was having him do little projects for us. Um, I don't think he got the, any of the coaches money, but the player, yeah, uh, he was, he was getting paid anyway, but like he would do, he would do little projects for us to help us. Right. And so, you know, you remember things like that. Right. And, and I think that's what the, the rest of the guys thought felt that as well. And what Alex did is Alex, when we interviewed Alex for the quality control spot, he did everything he could do to be ready for that job, right? He taught himself, he took a computer class to teach himself how to draw um, on Visio, which we draw our pictures on, to draw on Visio. So he made sure that he knew he could do the part of the job that he was going to do, right? And, and I really admired that. And he worked really hard at that. And, and that's a thankless job. Like we've all, like all of us in that, a lot of us have had that job and it's like, it's thankless, but he, he excelled at that job. Then we moved him into assistant quarterbacks and he did some other things this year. And he crushed that role too. And like, and, and so he's, he's in his run. I'm sure like, you know, I'm sure in his mind, I know in his mind that eventually he wants to call plays and he wants to be a head football coach, but I know what he's going to do this year, exactly what he did the last two years. And he's going to kill his role and do everything he can do to help Jalen play better, to help us put together a plan. Um, he's going to, he's going to work his butt off to do that. He's super smart. He's super intelligent. He connects with the players. He's got, uh, you know, playing for 10 years in the NFL, right? He's got that instant connection there as well. And he's really worked to get uh, everything he has. And I, I really admire that uh, and Alex and, and I, I know he's going to be a great quarterback coach and he's done a great job for us for two years now. What are your thoughts on the possibility of outlawing the push play? Yeah, I, I, you know, I, obviously uh, you look at that and you think, I think some defensive coaches are bringing that up right there, but you know, uh, you know, we'll, we'll play whatever rules that they have. I think what, I think that, it was obviously a very successful play for us. Right. And you guys would know the numbers a little bit better and I haven't hit myself scout stuff yet. Um, but very successful play for us, but it wasn't the only thing we were doing off of it. Right. And, and I think we had some exciting plays that came off of it. Um, when the defenses were trying to, to stop, you know, the play that they thought was coming. And that's kind of what football is, right? The defense thinks this place, we just talked about the Zach Pascal play, right? The defense thought this play was coming and a different play came and it ended in a touchdown. Right. And so, Hey, like, I don't, I don't get a vote and they don't ask me, but um, you know, I, I thought there was a lot of hard work that went into it. And there was a lot, like, there's a lot of technique and fundamentals that go into it. Right. And, and as far as how our guys block it and the, and the specialty of our guys like Jason Kelsey and like, and so we'll, we'll do whatever the, the rules say to do um, obviously, but you know, obviously we had a, we had a lot of fun, um, you know, making, you know, coming up with those plays. Right. We had a lot of fun practicing those plays, like the different ways, ways we did it. The guys, you know, the guys had fun doing that. Um, you know, Fletcher Cox always wanted to be in on one of those plays, I, you know, and and so it was a lot of fun and some of the wrinkles that were off of it. And and I thought it was good for good for the game. Obviously, I'm biased. We had a lot of success with it. 
Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you look at the top 10 and quarterbacks that are in this class, how much movement do you kind of expect going into that, that kind of yeah, I think there's a, a lot of good quarterbacks. It's a quarterback uh, league. And so, um, you know, my our assumption is these talented guys, um, you know, we're, we're not in that market. Um, so hopefully they all go, uh, to be honest with you, but they're talented enough to go. And uh, we, we do our work on them just like we do our work on every player in the draft. And these are talented guys at the top of the draft. And um, I think there's going to be a lot of competition for them. What was the opportunity we have had in the second round? Um, you want me to get sentimental about how it was before we pay our quarterback? <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, it, it's the nature of the business. I think the, the better thing is when you have a quarterback that's good enough that you want to pay him and that um, he's got a chance to be a great player, show him what kind of player he's going to be. And um, if you don't have a quarterback, you're searching for one. And you can't win in this league without a great quarterback who plays at a high level. We saw how Jalen played in the Super Bowl in the biggest stage, and um, that's exciting for our team, for our fans, um, for all of us. Howie, uh, Pete, Car Howie, Pete Carroll said today that Sean Desai is, is coming to Philly, so can you confirm Pete Carroll's statement? Yeah, I, I would say I would love Coach Sirianni to talk about the coaches. You know, I think that's his area. Um, you can't call Pete Carroll a liar, right? Yeah, I would not call Pete Carroll a liar. I would not call Pete Carroll. <laughs> Howie, Howie, where did things stand yeah, at the end of the day, the responsibility is mine, you know, and um, I, I don't say that in any way other than I take that very seriously. And I think we have a process that has spanned different front offices, hasn't always been perfect, but um, we do have a process and a way of doing things at the same time. If someone comes in and has an idea that can make that process better, let's do that. You know, best idea has got to win. Um, it's funny when you said that I hadn't really thought about that fully, um, but we've had a lot of communication, a lot of conversation about the things that we're looking for at each certain segment. Um, at the end of the day, like it's my job to outline a vision of, of what we're looking for. Um, whether it's at the all-star games, whether it's at the combine, whether it's the free agent process, the draft process. And, um, you know, I think the lines of communication have been great. I mean, there are a lot of really great talented guys that we've, we've gotten in our front office and, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to working with them. Do you, with the number do you think of pending free agents you have, how do you approach this? 
Yeah, I think, you know, um, we talked about a little bit in Philly at our end of season press conference. I think at the end of the day, uh, our job during the season is to prepare for the offseason. It's not like we wake up the day after the Super Bowl and um, we say, oh, man, now we got to go figure out the team. Uh, this is what we've been doing. Um, we've been doing it all um, during the season, in the offseason. You know, I don't I don't. I wake up every morning thinking about this football team. I go to bed every night thinking about this football team. Uh, it's constant communication about some of the things we're going to do. You know, at the same time, you know, um, we're going to prioritize the things that are important to us, you know, uh, that we build our team on and we're going to make sure those areas are strong. Um, are we going to get all the free agents back? We're not. Uh, we're just not. We're, we're not capable of getting all those guys back. But um, we also understand that um, we're in a good situation in terms of picks that we have going forward. We have a lot of guys under contract, not only for this year, but going forward. And so, um, you know, we're not going to make excuses for the position that we're in. Is that two questions that I've went before? I, I think I got to go with someone first and come back to you before I can get you two. Oh, oh, well, that's fair. Yeah, Kenny's an impressive young player. Uh, when you watch him and you watch his skill set, he's got um, a really good vision. Um, he, he's got the ability to get small and get skinny, and um, he can catch the ball. He can protect. Um, he's a good player. You know, we've also seen in this league that you need more than one. It's it's hard to roll with just one running back in this league. So, um, I think we're we're happy with Kenny. Know also that. Um, he hasn't hit his ceiling yet, and obviously he had, he had a good playoff run. But you know, it's a position that we're going to continue to add at. We don't have a lot of guys under contract right now, so um, we'll continue to look at players at that position and a lot of positions. Alex, Alex, uh, Alex, he had to finish up, but now I feel bad. You know, he made me feel bad. Guilt. With the free agents you were talking about, when you have that many, are you do you make an offer to each one, or do you know that there are only going to be so many that you can? Yeah, I, I think it's it's hard to make offers that aren't really in the range of what a player is going to get. And uh, our players, that what they have done for us and how they have worked and the character that they've shown and the success they have had, you know, we're just going to be honest with them and uh, basically tell them, you know, if it's a guy that we're interested in, we'll tell them the range. We understand that they put themselves in this position. They've taken uh, the injury risk um, to get in this spot. And um I'm just very appreciative of them. I mean, we had unbelievable chemistry. We had an unbelievable group of guys. Um, it's going to be hard to duplicate that, but that doesn't mean that we can't going forward. You know, I, I think just um, obviously we took a little bit of a different tactic this year. You know, um, usually we like to sign guys early and sign guys during the season. And um, because of how hot we started, how well we did and how many free agents we had, we thought it would create a different dynamic if we started to pick one guy and not another guy. And so um, we understood that could cost us in the end, but we felt like it was worthwhile because of the opportunity to potentially win a championship. And, you know, unfortunately came up short. Howie, where did things stand with you and Jalen on the contract? And are you confident you'll be able to get a deal done this offseason? Yeah, I wouldn't feel comfortable talking about contract situations with anyone, Elliot. I think you know that, um, you know, at the same time, um, tremendous respect for him as a player, as a person, tremendous respect for the people uh, that work with him to do this. And um, you go through it in a way that you, you want to find a win-win solution. You want to find something that he feels really good about. And at the same time that we feel good about and um, can surround him with good players. And um, he knows that. I mean, he's a smart guy. He understands that. And um, that doesn't mean that uh, it's not going to be a tremendous contract for him because he deserves that too. Oh, in the first round last year, Jordan Davis, later you got N'Kobe Dean. Where are those young guys at? I know Jordan had some mm -hmm. injuries, but your thoughts reflecting back on those guys. Picking up 
team last year. Yeah, I think that's part of the exciting thing. I think when you look at our first three picks last year, um, you know, Jordan played the most of those guys, missed some time with injury, um, but those guys are ready to play. They're ready to contribute. Um, and we knew knew when we were drafting them last year, we were drafting them because we thought they were the best players, not necessarily because they were the guys ready to fill spots at a position of need. And so as we look at, at our team this year, knowing that those guys can take a step forward and be part of it and um, being comfortable with young players playing and young players that have talent, that have work ethic and get to put in that spot. And we even saw it this year, you know, when we put young players in spots and how they stepped up. So um, I don't think that's something we're, we're afraid of. I'll get you both. There's some conversations about the league addressing obviously quarterback pushes, push plays, use the daily and so forth. Do you have any reaction to that? Any thoughts on maybe why that is now popular conversation? Yeah, I think it's a better question for Coach Sirianni. All I know is everything we're doing is legal and it works. And just because people do something that's really good doesn't mean it should be outlawed. Looking back on. Is that okay? I don't have enough money to get fined. How Jalen grew to get to the point now where he's a guy you want to pay. What were some of the keys along the way for him to make a major improvement from your two I think the reasons we drafted Jalen are he's an elite competitor, he's an elite worker, and he's got elite talent. I think that sometimes we we use words like worker and competitive nature that kind of um, frame it in a way that the guy's not extremely talented. And Jalen's an elite talent. He's got um, you know elite arm strength. He uh, anything you tell him to do, like you saw his completion percentage, his accuracy jump. Um, and so I think at the end of the day, he's he's got a special talent and you combine that with a special football mind and special work ethic and it gives him a chance to be a special player how, how, can, the the continue, more folks? how can the offense continue to be dominant under brian johnson well, I, I think obviously um, Shane, who's here, um, huge part of our success and congratulations to him and JG will miss those guys. But Brian's extremely talented. Um, Brian's got a great offensive mind. Obviously, Coach Sirianni, um, too, a huge part of what we do everywhere, especially on offense. And um, when you meet Brian and you spend time with Brian and you see how he connects with players and how he thinks about the game, and, um, you know, he's a talented, talented coach and um, excited for his opportunity. How can you use Jason Kelsey on the future? How much do you need an answer from Kelsey on his future? When's our first game? <laughs> Make exception. I mean, he's a, he's a special player, special person. You know, I think that whatever his timeline is, um, you know, we're we're willing to work with him. And um, I think I'm doing his podcast tomorrow, so maybe maybe we'll have a conversation on it on, on it tomorrow. I'll I'll say you brought it up. For had a question. Hey, buddy. How are you preparing in the next few months to uh, get back to the highest stage of the Super Bowl and this time win it all? I know. I know. Now you're making me disappointed again. Um, you know, I think for us, we got to take it one day at a time. We got to continue to do the things that we think are right. Um, it's a long way uh, away till we play the next game. And we were talking about it on our flight over here that, you know, you get to training camp. You're so excited for the first day of training camp. And then I sit at my desk and I look at the calendar and I go, oh, my God, we have like 90 days till the first game. And I think for right now, all we can do is um, take this process, which is meeting these players. Um, we have two first round picks. Make sure that we we just make good decisions after good decisions. We stack those together and we'll end up having a really good team. And um you know, we'll get to camp and we'll try to bring them all together.
P-G-N.